Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. It's everything you've ever wanted from a podcast where we talk about The Bachelorette Canada. You, just real quick, you wanted that, right? <laughs> just checking to make sure y'all wanted this, right? We're trying to expand our audience and like we looked at what people wanted. and pe- A. A. And that's part of it, definitely. But it seemed like people wanted to talk about Canadian folks just falling in love and just swap and spit. And we thought we would fill that niche. And the show's done The show's done well. Because, right, if things don't turn out the way we want them to with this election, we're all moving there. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sorry to get political, but right? if the party we want to win fails to win. <laughs> then we'll move then right over looks there. Like, look out, Canada. Hey, Jasmine, can we crash on your couch? I just tried to throw my phone on the couch and I fucking missed. <laughs> so that's one broken phone. That's fine. I'll buy a Canadian iPhone. <laughs> they make them even better up there. Um, iPhone has a U in it. Yeah, iPhone. Uh, we are talking about episode seven of season one, The Maiden Voyage of The Bachelorette Canada, starring your friend Jasmine, my friend and your friend Jasmine. Uh, and, and Noah. And Noah. Noah's in the mix again. Featuring and Noah. Feet Noah, who may or may not be corporeal. No, we find that out this week. I still have, I still harbor my really? doubts. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're in Morocco, uh, which looks really, looks lovely, uh, and... We're just going on some fucking dates because we've got five boys left and we need to get this down to a tight three before we start going to their hometowns. Which, do we do three for hometowns? We do not. We do four for hometowns, three for fucking. Oh. That's a good, no, that's a good rule of thumb. Parents at four, fucking at three. And then what's two? Marriage. And number one's a baby carriage. Speaking of which, congratulations, Travis and Teresa. Yeah. Birth and BB. A little bit early, but doing good. Just had to beat us to the punch, huh? Had to get like one month of uninterrupted yeah. baby celebration. No, we're 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 delighted for them. I hope they got her a Halloween costume. We should probably send something oh, really fast. Shit. I bet they didn't even think about that. No, and I, you know not. what's sad? I bet they had dope ass Halloween costumes <laughs> that they are probably not gonna need anymore. What if they had a big Halloween party planned? I can't imagine they would have done that to themselves. No, that's a good point. So episode seven of The Bachelorette Canada had a lot of cruft. Which I don't think, I mean, we're in, we're in, um, there's, I should come up with a name for it, but like the top six, top five syndrome, where it's just like, there's some boys here that just don't need to be here, and you're going to spend 20 minutes dealing with those boys, and that's 20 minutes of my life that I can't get yeah, back. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so. But uh, Drew and Thomas are gone. Drew and Thomas are gone, and boy, the ratings are just going to plummet. <laughs> the of dudes. Course. The dudes are all talking about how the vibe is different without Drew. I think Drew did a drag me to hell style curse on the producer of this show when he was sent home where he was like, y'all ratings will will suffer. Um, I'll be curious to see how that panned out. I mean, people are in at this point, right? Like nobody ever leaves. I don't know how you unplug from this show. Exactly. Like, oh, well, my favorite bro is gone. I guess I won't watch to see how it ends. Yeah. I can't imagine ever doing that. You know who my favorite bro on this season is? Fucking Jasmine. And I need to know what ends up happening to her heart. Yeah. Uh, So they're still in Morocco. And uh, there's a date card. Um, Noah comes in with the date card. Okay, so here's what happened, and then I'm going to explain what I think happened. Noah walks in. Noah! Hi, boys. Got a date card for you this week. How you feeling? Good. Okay. So here we have our first... So just to recap, Griffin's very abridged. Noah is a, a, a specter of some sort. He is some sort of geist. We have never seen him interact with anyone. No, he walks in and he carries in the note and he's like, here's a date card. See you later. He introduces a topic 
and they recognize that the topic has been introduced, but there is never any back and forth. But this week, mm. he asked them how they were doing. How are you boys doing? And, and they responded. Ca- camera cut. Good. That camera cut is where my theory lives and dies. Oh, okay. I see. Because Noah walks in, how are you boys doing? Silence, of course. <laughs> because none of them are mediums. <laughs> None of them are spirit whisperers. Mm-hmm. And and how are you boys doing? Absolute silence. Cut in, craft services shows up with like a big thing of like, <laughs> you know, Moroccan Moroccan cuisine. And the boys are like, what are we having today? Like, oh, we got tzatziki. And they're like, good. Cut that shit in. After Noah asks how they're doing, all of a sudden we've got a conversation happening between two non-ghouls. But why why would they create that obstacle for Two themselves? Two non-ghouls is going to be my Halloween-themed cover band of four non-blondes. <laughs> it's pretty good. What's ghoulin' on will be our showstopper. Oh. And also our only song. <laughs> yeah, your only song. Um, what was your question? <laughs> you weren't trying to poke holes in my thing, were you? I, well, I was just saying, why would they create the obstacle for themselves of having to address the noah question um i think that do the, they th- do you think oh dude it's because they listen to this fucking show and they know that i'm oh. on to them i guess do you think they have no control over noah as a spirit and so they didn't realize he was going to ask <sighs> it's the question really hard to say yeah i think i think noah is a dead family member of the executive producer or something so like he's got to be in the show and they let him do whatever he wants but they're like just don't try to interact with him because there was a there was a a scene where he went in for a high five and they tried to make that work but fuck it you tell me how how to do that like a quick camera cut to two hands clapping in the air and oh okay remind me remind me of this conversation when we get to the later moment where noah also plays a heavy role because i have a theory about that now Okay. It's related to your theory. All right. All right. I have my own theory about that. But anyway, okay. so there seemed to be some sort of interaction between Noah and the boys. And we just spent like five minutes talking <laughs> about it. So I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but I'm still, I'm still not convinced. So our spirit guide tells us that there will be no roses on dates. And he then leaves a card. And someone, someone leaves a card. Someone leaves a card. And it is a one on one. And. We have heard from Kevin P. Diuretic deckhand. Diuretic, I think is what we actually call them. Diuretic deckhand. Diuretic deckhand sounds better than diarrhea deckhand. Yeah, it does. Uh, Kevin P. has been telling us that he is the only one that hasn't received a one-on-one date and that he's very anxious for it. And so when the card is read, I believe by Mikkel. Very no fuss, no muss. He says... Uh, and it's a one-on-one for Kevin W. So a little bit of must there, I guess, at yeah. the end. So, Mikhail, my boy, you got to read it just a little bit faster because so you, sh- you hurt P's feelings. This is Kevin W.'s second one-on-one date. And remember, Kevin W. and Jazz got in a bit of a tussle last week. Yeah, because Kevin W. was throwing kind of a tantrum about not getting the rose. Yeah. It was, I'm, I was surprised that Kev got kept but then well i guess not over drew who's a a ding dong but i was double surprised that kev got a date on this one and on this date it never really pops off or comes up like this is one of the more direct confrontations i've ever i I, i've seen between a bachelorette and a, a, a contestant ever and it didn't seem to like it didn't seem to surface that much in this date yeah, I mean, they get to kind of the root cause of it, but they don't actually ever address yeah, it directly. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yes, obviously, Kevin P. is very bummed about this. He is. Uh, and so they are going to go to a traditional home, um, traditional Berber home. Is that right? I could not pick up the pronunciation for the life of me. That's what it sounded like. I don't know how to spell it. Um, or, yes. or or what that means, but they go to a traditional Berber home, very a very rural setting. Yeah, they both wear the traditional clothing, 
and they meet the family that doesn't speak any English. Right. And so they are first going to milk a cow. And they both have cow experience. You wouldn't know it the way that they were Although limited. Limited cow experience. I have zero cow experience. I have never tried to get up on a cow like this. But I know not to just try to mangle that teat. Jasmine said that she had a cow as a child, but she seems to have lost her touch. Then there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Whereas Kevin goes in there like he is squeezing a tube of toothpaste. Kevin gets in there, and I think he immediately gets furious that he cannot produce any fluid from the animal. Yeah. And just the more furious he gets, the more... It was uncomfortable to watch. He he is just grappling with this thing. He is tugging at this, this teat vigorously. It's like if he were to do origami, the piece of paper would just immediately disintegrate. It would be destroyed. These, this cow was destroyed. They had to put this cow down, I think, after this session. Because no. that teat was bruised and mangled. And whatever causes the stuff to happen in there, it's a beautiful process of nature, whatever it is. And some, some tubes probably just got just completely just torn out by this man's angry hands. His angry, confused hands. As he just obliterated this. <laughs> okay. 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 It's a shame. That family probably needs that they, milk. Yeah. And, it, but, it's, but they can't get it anymore because the large man nope. got yep. so angry. Yep. And he just went wild down there. Yep. Um, and so while all this is happening, which is a challenge for both of them, Jasmine says, I'm just really happy Kevin's with me. Yeah. The- <laughs> This, this is this. It, if I'm gonna mangle a teat, yeah, who do I want be, by my this side? This should be part of the the drinking game of of the Bachelorette. Like, add it to right reasons and is the perfect place to fall in love. And can I steal you away? Like, one of my new favorite things is just like you know, I'm just happy so and so is here with me. And that phrase can work in literally any date. Like, there is no circumstance. This was a bad circumstance. You're in this family's home. There's a, a an impermeable language barrier there, and you are humiliating yourself underneath this 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 beast, beneath this cow. And it's just like, well, this is a really uncomfortable moment for me, but I'm just really glad he's here to just really express himself. <laughs> are you glad? That happens a lot on this date with Kevin, and they must have one of those connections that is not visible Existent. yeah i agree because i am watching them both mangle this cow and it doesn't seem to me as if they are a perfect match in this moment yeah dog like if that had been mine and yours like first or second hang sesh i would have walked away from that being like oh, maybe not well, we, no, uh, we, we went into this weird house and we we went into this stranger's home and we destroyed their beast we wouldn't have destroyed it, though. No, I would be good as fuck. You'd I've never really touched good. a cow like that before. I would... It's... It's that. This... Uh, oh, no, I can't... It's easy as hell. You just can't get angry at the animal for not creating the juice the way that you want it to, and then destroy it. Well, I wouldn't say it's easy as hell, Griffin. We it's don't know. It's easy as fuck. I could, we don't know. I'll milk, I'll milk a cow tonight. We live in Texas. I could fulfill this bet easily. This is not just empty words. Um... I do think you'd be good at it, though. I think you'd be great at it. Maybe we should watch some YouTube videos after this. No, is over. not needed. It's all nature, baby. It's all you. You put me down there, and like the the blood of my ancestors kicks in, and I just start. Oh God! Get that milk out. Okay, we have talked anything. Cow, goat, whatever you want. I'll get that milk out. I'm Griffin McElroy, animal lactation consultant. I'll get that milk out, guaranteed. Okay. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Can Why we, not? Can we move Let's on? Let's get into the root cause of your discomfort. Um, well, we're about to have a child, and I'm really worried what you're going to do to me. <laughs> no, I'm an animal lactation consultant. Okay. I would never touch a. I would never touch a breast. It says that on my <laughs> business card. Griffin <laughs> McRoy, animal lactation consultant. I would never touch a breast. <laughs> a breast? Me? Perish the thought. Here's my phone number. <laughs> if your dog or something, though, is like having trouble, I'll be there in a hurry. You don't have to worry. Because, baby, I'm an animal lactation consultant. Okay. Um, 
there's more to this date. Should we talk about it? I don't want to because it was boring as fuck. It was, yeah. Okay, so they, they're going to cook together now, uh, which just seems to be them working dough and then putting it onto a hot surface. Yeah. Um, but they both talk about how they enjoy cooking and they like to cook for other people. Good. Um, and then they go to a rooftop with wine and she, this is where she kind of addresses his temper tantrum last week. She's like, oh, you seem so much happier one-on-one. Um, and they talk about how much they value a relationship as a partnership. Um, which at this point, Griffin and I were just like, yeah, duh. Yeah, duh, dude. I think a relationship's like a partnership. Yeah, dude. Are there people that say otherwise? I think of a relationship as like two separate entities. I think of a relationship as as one where somebody is clearly in control at all times and somebody submits to their every will. It's not. They weren't. I'm not saying that people can't be independent in a relationship, obviously, but they were speaking about it like they were like they had just read the dictionary definition of what a relationship was. And I will say, so it sounds like we're being really harsh here. I will say, because we like all the other boys a lot more. Well, that's part of it. I also know that when you are excited about somebody, everything you have in common seems like, you know, just this incredible coincidence and this like beautiful demonstration of fate. So maybe they're super into each other and they're like, you like to cook? I like to cook, too. Oh, my God. You mean the thing that you have to do sometimes to eat and not die? I love that thing to do. I will say that when we started dating, I don't know that you would describe yourself as someone that liked to cook. I literally didn't know how. I don't. I had, I had cooked virtually nothing. I think the first like thing I ever cooked were these shrimp tacos that I made to try to impress you. Yeah. And they turned out pretty good, although they were I, did, very I did good. get jalapeno oil all over my fingers because I hadn't really grappled with that particular chestnut, or it wasn't a chestnut, it was a jalapeno, <laughs> and um, it was, it was that was a bad experience. It's a bad, bad time. Um, but yeah, I didn't know how to cook. You know, Tommy, how to cook. Blue Apron. They're not a sponsor yet. Someday, get at me, Blue Apron. Uh, but we cook like all the time now. Yeah, well, you were cooking before Blue Apron. A little bit, but yeah. not not three times a week you know not not as much for your friends not for my friends and for my friends tonight by the way they weren't here but rachel and i ordered ramen and it was very good and he picked it up and i picked it up which is like cooking uh what's what's next i'm i'm over this date okay so she does talk to him about whether he's ready to commit because he's the one that says that he's been on like a hundred first dates that was my favorite drew barrymore movie <laughs> it was the sequel if you watch Fifty First Dates two times back to back, it's one hundred first dates. <laughs> or if you watch Fifty First Dates and we're like, you know what I need? I need fifty more of these. And they just they just piled it on. The deleted scenes are actually as long as the movie and it's yeah. just fifty more. That would be a fun uh if the worst idea of all time guys listen to this, that would be a fun uh just like special episode it would just be six six what would it be? Six hundred first dates. And you just try to watch it 12 times in one day. I can't imagine that movie clocks in at over two hours. Although it goes. I watched that movie in a hotel once and I was like, oh, it's almost over. No, it had like another hour and a half yeah, to go. Yeah, the movie gets dark. The movie has twists and turns because you think like they finally cracked it. No, she she doesn't. Re- she Guys, she just doesn't remember. <laughs> okay, so Kevin assures us, I want what my brother has with his wife. I'm ready to settle down. Kevin, I don't know your brother or his wife, so you're going to have to explain to me what that means. Um, And she says that when she looks into his eyes, she just feels wanted and desired and safe. Um, And that having this conflict the last time they saw each other gave them an opportunity to overcome it, and they're closer now. Um and there's there's an intensity between them and they could both see themselves that's falling what, that's in love. What I think the unspoken thing here is that intensity because Homeboy's got kind of a Tim Riggins quality to him, and I can, I feel yeah. that that's that, that does it for some folks. I'm that's, more of a Landry man. Yeah, me too. Or Saracen even. Sarah, I would settle for Saracen. <laughs> I think the thing with Kevin, and I feel like she said this early on, is she said she's not used to being. Um, 
romanced by the the ladies man like the guy that every woman wants and she feels like kevin's that guy and so i think she feels really excited about his attention okay i'm not, i just i'm not that's fine i'm not saying he's a bad dude he's he's a fine dude i don't i don't i don't hate him i just i just there's other boys that with more entertaining mm-hmm. sort of obvious qualities to me the television viewer yeah and i would love to talk about those boys so um while the state is going on we cut back to the other kevin uh, Kevin P. And he is talking about how this date that Kevin W. is on seems like a sensitive man's date. Um, and Kevin W. is not does not seem to be a sensitive man. There's no need to throw shade, though. And Kevin P., uh, almost as if we wouldn't believe he was a sensitive man, decides to wear a large scarf and 20 bracelets this on fucking, this day. This fucking dude, like, every week... He plunders Johnny Depp's closet like a little <laughs> bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. The scarf game this week, like a real big bushy scarf, the biggest and bushiest. Dude, look like I said. Dude, look like Doctor Strange while we were watching it. Dude's just dressed up. Dude's just the accessory game is a little strong. It's a little overpowering. Yeah. I can't. I can't taste the Kevin in the, in this dish because there, I, it's being overpowered by the scarf. Yeah. Uh, but he gets a one-on-one date, which all the dudes are very nice, and they celebrate with him. Yeah. Because it, he is overdue. Um, and so we go straight from a date with Kevin to another, to another date Kevin. with Kevin. That's probably in her contract. Like, I only want to say one name this week. <laughs> so it's uh, it's Kevin v. Kevin, and they could not be more different. They really couldn't, except they're both handsome yeah. um, men. With 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 real defined hair, they're choices. handsome handsome white men with this very similar well not similar hair. Kevin W's hair is like really growing out. It's really like yeah. it really puts into it's a good look. It's a good good look, but it really puts into contrast like how how long this filming process goes. Well, he's he's turning into like a full Thomas at this point. Yeah. Ah, uh, he wishes, probably. Yeah. Thomas had a beautiful mane. Anyway, what's Kevin, uh, the other one up to? The other Kevin? Uh, they're gonna go rock climbing. Okay. And, um, she tells us that she really needs him to open up, that she knows that he's guarded and it's hard for him and he's scared of commitment, but this is a great opportunity for him to open up. And so they both go rock... rock- so, sorry, 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 sorry. No. Rock climbing? Like, this was the most shoehorned, like... I want him to know that he can be vulnerable with me. And what better way to do that than to climb up with some rocks up, get up the rocks and climb them. And it's like, by doing that, like I'll learn what kind of trustworthy he is. Maybe. maybe. Well, they both have to overcome a very literal obstacle together. That doesn't mean fucking anything. That doesn't mean anything. There's rock climbers out there. There's probably people who have summited Everest who are philanderers. I guarantee you, Google people who have summited Everest. I bet more than half of them philanderers. No, is she saying that it's a good like get to know you activity because they have to do it's something not. hard together? Again, if you and I, this was like our first date. Let's climb some rocks. I wouldn't be like, so let me tell you about my dad. I would be like, I'm gonna die here. <laughs> um, but anyway, they both succeed. They both do. Yeah, nobody very dies. Well. Uh, neither of them seem particularly afraid or uncomfortable. He has climbed rocks before. She has done it in a gym. They are both relatively fearless. Um, there is a lot of suggestion of like, a, you know, he was really helpful and kind of, you know, showing me the way and like she was really brave and just attacked it. There was a I lot of... I just knew I could trust him. Yeah. Up there while we were summiting. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, so they get to the top of the rock and they smooch again, which is their second smooch, as far as we know. Oh, um, there's dark kisses happening on <laughs> on dark days. There's kisses happening on Bachelorette after midnight. Yeah, when the cameras aren't aren't rolling. Mm-hmm. There's some some BTS, some mooching. BTS. Behind the scenes macking going oh, on. Oh, is this another Hollywood corner? So much Hollywood. Guys, there's so much Hollywood fact. No joke. It has poisoned my mind. And I bet 
there's probably a term for people who do one like entertainment project and then become fucking insufferable about this stuff because like every time they're like sorry guys we had to cancel this date for some weird reason that we're not going to tell you about and it's like oh well they probably like something happened at the location and or like somebody backed out or somebody had a problem doing that so now you're going to come up with some like really ham-fisted excuse for more on that later but like it's completely yeah it's i'm in, i'm i'm insufferable now <laughs> uh so they're climbing and there's a moment that i wanted to pull out um jasmine says this is such an epic place oh fuck why did you pull this out baby put it back <laughs> and then put it back in the show to die and then kevin p says you're an epic place <laughs> that was so bad for me because like there's a type of person that says something <laughs> like that and it's not you know not it's not an evil trait it's not an inherently bad trait but like the kind of person that does that is just not i can't i i kind of can't well i will say kevin p doesn't usually try to be funny no, he's very quiet. He's a very quiet, reserved man. In fact, I have my own Noah Ghost theory about him, although <laughs> I think it's probably been disproven. Like, there was too much stuff in this episode. Like, somebody was belaying him. And I don't know how you <laughs> simulate that with a specter or a ghoul. Um, um, yeah, so it's just like, it's not like he's like Drew, who's over and over again trying to be the funny guy in the room. No. He, he doesn't usually. So it's not like I think that... And I appreciate him for yeah. that. God. I appreciate him for that. Very little shtick with Kevin P. You know what you're getting. Uh, so after they're finished rock climbing, they go to like a little uh, plateau where there are a bunch of pillows and wine, and they sit there together. And we've been kind of teased that Kevin has some family issue that he is nervous about. Um, telling kind Jasmine. Of an, it's kind of an ongoing theme in this episode. Like more than any other crop of folks who have made it this far – everybody's really concerned about bringing bringing her home except for mikhail mikhail is like into it but like everybody else is like it's a really serious thing for me which like yes that's such a crazy we never talk about this hometowns is fucking that's a crazy thing because you it's one thing to suspend your own disbelief going into this this thing to, to to like buy into the concept of the show yourself wholesale because if you don't you're done you won't you will not make it far if you do not buy into the concept or at least act like you do really, really well. To do that yourself, I can't imagine how difficult it is to then bring in your real ass family that birthed you and like hung out with you your whole life and loved you and stuff. Like and be like, hey guys, so I now, need you to now you're on I a need TV you to get show. to this place right now with me. Where you pretend that this is all like a normal thing and that i might marry this person and then they won't be filming us but they'll still be a member of this real ass family that birthed me well and also what percentage do you think don't tell their family that they're going on the show like i could see if i were going to go on the show there's a chance you kicked off episode one so maybe you don't even tell your family about it because you're thinking i'm going to oh, be there no. for a I week think, i think i think everybody tells their family because if you got cast on a like and that's what this is. There is a casting director. If you got cast yeah, in like a prime so. time television show, like that's, I think that's a weird thing to hide. I, I, and again, like I feel like I also just cast a lot of aspersions about like a very normative family. But like, I it's just it's just like a it's a it's a big it's a big leap. And I don't think you and I have ever like really talked about like that's crazy. I wouldn't do that with my family. I can't like. Obviously, if you and I, if my life was very, very different, like I can't imagine, like, hey, so I need you guys to be cast members on this television show for a bit and be cool, or else I'll lose the love contest. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, because okay, so that's what. So what Griffin's talking about with this season that's different than previous seasons. Usually, at this point, they've probably already said they're in love, which hasn't happened hasn't yet, ha as far as we know, and as far as we can remember, has not happened with anybody yet. Yeah. And also, they're more focused on convincing Jasmine that they should be picked than, do I want to bring Jasmine home? Is she the kind of person I'd like to bring? You right. know? Which is seems to be the focus of this episode more. And nobody, like nobody's more concerned about this than Kevin P., who kind of uh, dances around the, the issue a bit before he kind of comes out 
and sort of says it and i don't want i don't want to like sit here and try and guess what he meant but yeah well so first he says that he's lived somewhere different every five years yeah and so home for him is a little bit tricky but his sister lives in edmonton so they'd probably go there and then he says that his his mom has been through a lot of battles and she's not really in his life that they talk sometimes but he hasn't seen her in 15 years which to which jasmine responds like my dad also struggled with addiction and i started to pull away from him until he died um so like i guess if she was comfortable like equating that like i guess that's what kevin was talking about but they he never like is explicit about it for the reasons I just talked about it. Like, this is a real... This is the part of the show where I get kind of uncomfortable because it's like, that's a real thing this dude has had in his life, his whole life. And I I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's off limits somehow. Um, yeah, I think what, what feels the most strange to me as this interaction continues is that it becomes clear that that Kevin's not looking to like quote settle down or change his lifestyle. He kind of pulls a Thomas and is like this is my lifestyle. I live somewhere different all the time. I'm not looking to change that. I just was hoping you'd be on board. For Kevin, this comes out of fucking left field because we've not had a one-on-one with Kevin. I don't know anything about Kevin except he had really bad dookie problems at one time <laughs> and he's a quiet man with loud accessories. <laughs> yeah. Um and now he like rolls up and he's like, I, I want to travel the world and I want to, what did he, what did he say? I want to take a woman somewhere and disappear. Yo dog, <laughs> is this your confession? <laughs> I want to disappear a woman. Why do you think I move every five years? Yeah. Jesus. Um, they also say some, oh man, he just says like, you know, I just got this like hippie, you know, I'm just gypsy. like a, just like a gypsy ish like lifestyle. And she's like, well, you know, I'm kind of a gypsy too. And it's like, hey guys, fucking stop it. Hey guys, put the kibosh on that, please. Thank you. And then they do this thing that really bothered me every once in a while. I get really kind of annoyed at how people define relationships on the show and so they talk about how neither of them is stable enough and that they're both the person with their head in the clouds and that in a relationship, somebody has to be the person holding and somebody and person, has to be held. Somebody's somebody got their has, head on the clouds. Yeah. Somebody's got their feet on the ground, which is like, I didn't begrudge this. I didn't find it annoying because like they were looking for the angle for the date and the the send home. But like... Uh, so Griffin, this leads me to wonder... Which one of us has their head in the clouds and which one's got their feet on the exactly. ground? Um, neither of us. That's fucking crazy. That's like a fucking <laughs> crazy reduction of like what the thing is. Exactly. That's why it bothers me. But it's but you're you know you're looking for dialogue and there it is. It's yeah, right there. Yeah, the I guess so. It's just it. like no one person is one thing all the time, and there seems to be this weird tautology on the show of just like. I am this, and you are this, and we are always those things. Because, like, this normalizes relationships where it's like, yeah, he's a fucking disaster, but I gotta take care of him. No! no. <laughs> you, you don't, you don't, yeah. you do not need to, you don't need to do that. Yeah, you don't always have to be the person holding. You know, he's a huge fuck-up, but, like, if it wasn't for me, yeah, yes, you're right, don't. Yeah, I'm not I'm not begrudging Jasmine or Kevin for having this conversation. I just, you know, it just like triggered triggered something in me. Their relationship was never like a thing, right? It never like really popped off in any conceivable way. And so they needed like they needed an out. They couldn't just be like Kevin P just like, "No, you know what? I'm not feeling. I don't want you with my folks. Bye." You got there needed to be a good 10 minutes of like achingly philosophical dialogue of these two scholars on the mount <laughs> um going up and and you know dropping some beatitudes to the masses yeah. about um it was it was it was one of those conversations where about five minutes in you realize oh he's going to be sent home and then they yeah. keep going another 10 minutes because like dude was like giving her was teeing up the ball with everything he said. He he. Well, first he talked about how great the other guys were, and which how, is crazy. But I'm I'm pretty good too. Yeah, that 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 they you know would take care of her, uh, and then he says as they're talking, "Is this a fork in the road or the end of the road?" 
Uh, and then Jasmine says, yeah, no, this, this is the end of the road because he says all these things about how, you know, I, I not looking for stability. I'm looking for passion and which is shit. I'm not looking to be like some stay at home guy. I'm looking for passion. Hey, fuck you dog. I don't travel as much as I want, but that doesn't mean I have a lack of passion. Yeah, no, Griffin's very passionate. Very passionate. As obvious as it made evident by the fact that I'm very angry at you right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I think it was just weird. I, the one thing I can't figure out is why Kevin went on this show. I mean, he so went on much of the show is I'm ready to settle down in one place and get married to this person. And I guess both him and Thomas thought, I'm not ready to settle down, but I'm ready to have somebody with me when I live my life exactly the way I've been living it. I mean, he went on this show because he was watching a Canadian television program and an advertisement came on saying we're casting for the Bachelorette Canada. And he said, that looks like fun. And he went out, and a casting director was like, hey, he's got a good look. Hey, you don't get sick to the tummy ever, do you? He's like, no, rock solid down there. <laughs> you have a lot of scarves, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes, I, have I do. plenty of scarves. He showed up to the audition with like 20 scarves, and he's like, which <laughs> one do you feel like? And they're like, don't worry about it. You're in. I, I, it's, it's, I, I, I don't know. Bring a suitcase and a scarf case. Yes. The longer the show goes on, the more I am. I used to be kind of like pessimistic about the fact that like, oh, well, there's only like three marriages that have actually come out of this thing. Um, and now that number's gone up a little bit because Bachelor in Paradise is thrown off. Bachelor in Paradise is thrown off the fucking curve completely because it is the ideal way for uh, human beings to find their soulmates. Um, but I am blown away at the fact that out of what, 30 seasons between Bachelor and Bachelorette? That there have been any actually, they're actually married. Sean and Catherine are married. They have a baby. They have a fucking baby. <laughs> that's fucking, that's fucking crazy. Well, think about it. There are people in the world that get married after a few months. Like it happens all the time. Sure. Um, I mean, it's gotta be the, uh, exception, but. It happens. It's just it's 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 wild to me. I know. It's wild to me because now I, I, I think it's just the way I watch the show now, and then I'm like thinking about what it's like to actually make the show. And I, I think I was like this before we did the Mabim Bam show, and that like I was always trying to like see the producer's hand on the thing, and that sort of gave me this vision of this show as like a produced thing where the people on it are characters with arcs. Like that shit's gospel. And and I, I I knew that like I I've, I feel like I've always known that the whole time I watch the show and I don't write it off. It's the same reason I like professional wrestling. Like I like looking for that shit. And when it's well done, it is mm, beautiful. But what is insane in my mind is that people have participated in these arcs and been characters on this show, yeah. and then they got fucking married and made new human beings together. Yeah, that's cr that's crazy to me. Yeah. Well, so. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's not legit. I'm not saying it's it, it's un, it's all an act by all accounts. Like, you know, Sean and Catherine are super, super cute together. What's her name? Trista and... Ryan. Ryan. I've been married for a long time now. Obviously, like, it works. It's just like... It's just a... It's a wild, wild, wild origin story. I think... So... I think part of what you're saying... I might be wrong about this, but... They get turned into characters, and the fact that they can still find love and relationships under that lens is unique, right? Yes. They're characters, and the dates that they go on are scenes that have to have drama, because every single one has, like, listen to the music stingers. If, if, yeah. if, if that's the only way you sort of ingest this, listen to the music stingers. There's always a scene on every single date where it's like, I don't know about this. But that's not necessarily their experience while they're filming the show. That's our experience as the viewer. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And also, I think the more you know yourself, the less likely they're able to manipulate you into a character that is totally different than your actual person. That's also person. fair. I'm just, I'm just saying like, my position has reversed because now I see it like a television as television show. And I still have that like suspension of disbelief 
Because I, every season we talk about, it, I'm like, oh, they're cute together. Oh, I hope they get married. But in my mind, I think like, well, it's still a television show. But then people do get married. Like it flips back on itself like yeah. three times. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I like this show so much is because there's like suspensions of disbelief followed by like acceptance that that is bullshit followed by no, there's real life evidence that it's a real yeah. ass thing. And if that's the case, then like, what's what is real? What is not? Damn it, Bachelor. You got me again. I know. There's a lot to talk about. That's, I know. that's why we've done so many episodes of this podcast. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to get a water real quick. I'm very thirsty. We can keep talking if you want. No. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm just in here in the bathroom. I'm going to drink bathroom water. I know we get that crisp stuff from the refrigerator, but the bathroom's so much closer. It's from the sink, it's not from the toilet. Are you going to leave this in the recording? Probably not. Okay. So Kevin P. gets eliminated, and the dudes are at home chilling on the couch, and Kevin W. sidles up and says, KP's gone. KP's leaving. The guy came and took KP stuff, and the guys look up, and they're like, that's his ukulele. <laughs> he would never let somebody touch his uke. We should also mention Kevin P. takes it like a champ like he's he's yeah he's fine i mean he, was, he knows again like yeah he was sort of teeing it up so he 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 knew what he the knew that was. they wanted different things it became yeah. clear when they finally had a one-on-one date he was ready to go well, he didn't want different things they wanted the same thing because they're both gypsies oh, what yeah. <laughs> you're wicked not gypsies i promise yeah I, that that's the other thing so jasmine there may be a lot we don't know about Jasmine, but she alludes to this kind of wild, head-in-the-clouds lifestyle that she has lived. Um, and we don't know what it is, but there's this suggestion of, like, uh, she really needs somebody stable and needs some stability. I kind of like this aspect of her character because, like, we almost never get any character development for The Bachelor or Bachelorette. They're just sort of this vehicle for the show to ride on. But she at least has this element of, like, do I want to be this freewheeling Bob Dylan or, uh, you know, is it time for me to settle down? I may be, I may be projecting a little bit. I want to know more, though, about this freewheeling Bob Dylan. That's a good album. Like, what, what did she do or what were her past few years like that made them so freewheeling? I don't know, but she's got the tattoo of the word Explorer on her hand. And you don't get something tattooed on your fucking hand. Unless you mean it, because you use that thing all the time. Yeah, you hide it on a you hide it on a you know. I think it's on her wrist, actually. You hide it on a thigh. I don't think it's on her hand. And nobody needs to know. But on a hand, that's a defining character. Well, to be fair, the word "explore" on your thigh has kind of a different, (laughs) different tone. Arrow pointing (laughs) to the knee. To the knee, perverts. Uh, so now we are at the moment that I wanted to get to earlier, where Noah sits down with Jasmine we to saw have I a was conversation. Like, I was getting up to, like, throw some some stuff away, and Rachel was like, Griffin! It's <laughs> happening! Because this is exciting not only for The Bachelorette candidate, this is exciting for the whole fran- global franchise. Because when was the last fucking time that, that the host sat down and got some FaceTime on the camera? Now, admittedly. My boy Noah got about 45 seconds, and he got about three sentences in there. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's more. That's a step in the right direction. So here's my theory. Okay. Because they actually engage in conversation. I mean, I've talked about the fact that I think she's a spirit medium the whole time, and she's the only one that can... I have a different theory. Oh, shit. It will not surprise you. Oh, my God. Noah is the owl to Jasmine Sam. Holy shit. <laughs> He is a hologram that only she can he- see and hear, um, accompanying her on this journey as she strives to put right what once was wrong. Okay, but what was that? Was there, so that's, that's the only question. I, I don't want to poke holes in this. I want to let... It needs to percolate. This originally yes. worked out so that she chose Drew. Oh, my God. Well, she- then they would have... Here's the thing. They would have leapt already. Al wouldn't be there anymore. We wouldn't be seeing. We wouldn't be seeing Noah. That's fair. If it was to get rid of Drew, she got rid of Drew. Her mission, Z- Ziggy, still left her here. Him here, because it is. Well, maybe she's like, "Why haven't I leaped yet? I sent Drew home, and turns out she has to do a little favor for Noah." What's that? I don't know. 
help Noah meet his we'll have to see husband in the future. <laughs> no, we're that's too far. Okay, so I'm into this because I'm into the because now I can watch the show. New second theory suspended in my mind, and that is that there's a little Scott Bakula inside of there. <laughs> there's a little Scott Bakula inside of Jasmine. Why aren't we seeing Scott Bakula? Because in 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 Quantum Leap, we see Scott Bakula, not the the the. Well, no, the Jasmine is that, the Leaper. The guys aren't seeing Jasmine. So it's not Quantum Leap cast. It is not Sam and Al. It is a different no. Leaper, not no. Evil Leaper, right from the no. sixth season. <laughs> it's just a different leaper. No, Jasmine is the leaper, and so we see Jasmine. I don't know what the boys are seeing. Is it a different project? What was the name of the project that Sam and Al? Oh no! Oh fuck, baby! I mean, Quantum Leap was the name of the project. I feel like okay. Then <laughs> who's? What's the story here? Is it because it seemed like after that project they wouldn't do another project because it ended kind of bad for the person who used? Oh, the I'm project. not trying to make this part of canon, Griffin. Then why did you bring it up if you didn't want to do some storytelling hour with me? This is a that that is a level that I don't think I can reach. Okay, where I like build it into the so entire then what arc. is what does Jasmine actually look like? If we're seeing Jasmine the I leaper, know. I don't know. We need to see her in front of a mirror, don't we? No, that's bullshit because we see like <laughs> that's definitely the over the shoulder mirror look is like definitely yeah. has happened here. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like I'm sorry, babe. Oh, is feel, it falling apart? I feel like that might may take it apart. Okay, well, okay, then he's a Cause, ghost. Because Quantum Leap, I mean, Donna Belisario invented that patented look in the mirror, but see a different face technology. I know. Nobody knows how it worked. I know. <laughs> okay, so you're right. He's a ghost. She's a medium. Maybe he's a she's she's a leaper and he's a ghost. We could do one anyway. They sit down. And the conversation is literally like, I just don't know. And he's like, I think you do know. And she's like, you're right, I do know. And he says, that's good. And that's it. And that's the end. (laughs) Uh, And so that's their chat. Um, I just realized that then the next scene, we just wasted so much time talking about theories. Because the next scene, I think, takes the legs out of both of our theories. Yeah, so it's group date time. And on the group date, it is Mike... It is Mikkel, and it is Benoit. And they are going to go to a street market in Marrakesh. And they're all standing around, and Noah arrives Which, and walks up towards them. And he grabs their... He grabs two of the boys by the shoulder. Yes. And that's it, right? That's the ball game. Unless, yeah, because Mike I, actually flinches. Mike flinches and makes a punching fist, and it is the fucking funniest thing. <laughs> I actually rewound it so we could watch it again. Do you think? Would do you think that was like? I think it was staged, but it okay. was still very, very funny. Uh, but but I mean, like he touched the boys and they responded. That's it. Unless they felt like a chill, wind. <laughs> like a cool breeze. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think he might have skin. Damn it! Damn it! I just enjoyed that so much. Me too. I like injecting a little bit of crypto crypto zoology into this because, like, it gives you another heat to like pay attention to. Yeah. Because sometimes there's episodes that don't have a lot of heat. We should next season. We should see if Chris Harrison is maybe riding that ghost train too. No, Chris Harrison. I feel like is because Chris Harrison had so many seasons there where. Well, maybe he died five years ago. Shit. Shit. I don't know. We don't I know. hope not. I mean, he does host Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, though, so I don't know how that works. That would be the, a big con, because that's a live <laughs> studio audience. Yeah. Well, so is After the Final Rose. So unless every single, unless they only invite spirit mediums. Oh, man. Do you think, so I guess Noah will host Men Tell All. That'll be interesting to that watch. That will be interesting to watch. Okay. So we find out, and this is where Griffin's Hollywood insight came into play, Noah says, hey, we're all standing in this market, but you should know that the super fun date is actually going to be canceled because Jasmine has been having a lot of questions about hometowns and she wants to have an opportunity for you all to ask questions and for her to ask questions. So we're going to cancel the original date and and go on to a different location. Right. My my only Hollywood insight here is that something got fucked up because this date was wild. They canceled it. They went back to a pool in the middle of like a hotel. Um, what's what am I thinking of? Like an open air space between the buildings uh, where there was just like a little like an atrium. 
I guess so, yeah, with like a little stone pool, like a little stone swimming pool. Um, Jasmine was wearing a bikini with like a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a robe, like a a little cover-up. A little cover-up over the bikini, and it was like, it was kind of weird the whole time. Well, because the dudes are wearing shorts and t-shirts, and she's like, barely clothed and they're having serious conversations about their families and it's never addressed nobody gets in that pool nobody well okay in the credits we watched two of the boys submerge their now ruined testicles (laughs) into this apparent ice bath um but but it's not addressed it's not like she wants to bring you back to the hotel for a little swimming party even that would have been even that would have been a start but instead it was just like She's going to wear this bikini. The other boys are just going to wear the clothes they were wearing. And then they're going to have these serious conversations. And then at the end, two of the boys were wearing swimming trunks. The other boy wasn't. (laughs) And she was wearing a bikini. Still, none of them got in the pool. Well, we find out in the credits the water is very, very cold. Okay, I guess. It's still, like, the whole thing is fucked up. Like, there's no reason why they would cancel the... Yeah, like, why don't they put her in, like in like shorts and a t-shirt too the only thing i could think is that like the person who got drew's drag me to hell style curse was seriously freaked out about it i was like we got to get her in a bikini and 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 just hope for the best we want to keep these ratings up it was really it was like i'm not that wasn't just me right like it was confusing it was weird because you kept waiting for the moment where they all got in the water together like a hot tub date but nobody ever gets. But in. I wasn't even waiting for that moment at the at first because they were dressed in street clothes and she was wearing like a bikini and she was like the whole day. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to shame her or whatever. I'm saying like from a narrative perspective, I was having trouble following the the <laughs> plot of this date. Yeah, it was weird, man. It was weird. I think they were trying to pivot, and it, it I don't. Know. It felt like a cocktail party because she kept pulling them aside one by one and having conversations with them. Um, and, you know, it just felt like, like the tea ceremony too, where they're just all waiting to have that conversation. So nobody's like splish splashing around. But, but the tea ceremony is a completely different, because the, the tea ceremony is like, they still went to the place, got the tea, drank the tea, and that was the date. What was the date? Like, the date got canceled. Okay. So now we're just still going to have a date, but it's just going to be like, we all sit around a pool and I'm the only one wearing a bathing suit. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, they all have these deep combos. Yeah, they do. Um, she talks to Benoit for a little bit, and he kind of confronts her about some conversation they had where he praised her sparkle, and she didn't react. And then they realize it was like a translation issue, because what he was trying to express was, you know, that he felt like she was really excited about him and liked seeing that, and he just didn't get that across. Uh, and then Mike interrupts. And they sit down and they talk about Winnipeg again. This interruption, by the way, is like Mike literally just walks in the room and is like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the interruptions in this, I know that's like a probably a mean um, stereotype of Canadian people uh, or perhaps a diminutive stereotype. But it, it, the interruptions are so sweet. They're so <laughs> kind. Well, at this point, except for drunk cowboy, you remember drunk cowboy from episode one? Yeah, who's like, "It's my turn." Get out of here! Where'd you come from? Get the fuck out of here! What are you talking about with that? I'm gonna fight you. What? (laughs) Where are you from? Arkansas? Yeah, get the yeah. I thought so. Get the fuck out of here. Um, so this is Jasmine being a gypsy again and saying that she doesn't want to go back to Winnipeg uh, long term. And Mike kind of gets to the root and says, well, but do you like me and see a future with me? And she's like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course. I like how stable you are. Okay. Mike's (laughs) got to be feeling bad at this point, right? Which, like, I can't imagine when you first are excited about somebody feeling like the hottest thing you could say to them is, oh, man. You're like bread. You're so stable. Mm, I love it. Can't knock you down with a stiff breeze. <laughs> I mean, Mike, I... Mike's got a lot going for him, despite the fact... Mike's got so much going for him beyond the fact that he doesn't travel often, 
which is literally all they're all saying. He's so stable. What does that mean? He hasn't been to Thailand. Okay, fuck off. What? Who cares? He's so stable, boring. What did I, I mean, he said stable. What did I? <laughs> Mike's a funny, funny boy. And he's got an 11 pack. Fuck off. Handsome man. Yeah. Strong, funny boy. I, sometimes I wonder if, if there's just, and we don't know enough about Winnipeg to know how revealing that is as a character trait that he's lived in Winnipeg the whole time. Yeah, I guess. Um, But yeah, so she says that, yeah, she likes him a lot and she feels bad that she's been kind of so obsessed with this Winnipeg part. Um, And then she talks to Mikkel and Mikkel is willing to move wherever and and do whatever it takes. Uh, He talks about how he likes his job, but it's just a job and he'll figure it out on his end if she'll figure it out on her end. Um, basically making it seem like, you know, hey, I'll do whatever. Like, I'm excited about you. There's helicopters everywhere. I can yeah. find a job. <laughs> That's probably not true. Uh, and then Benoit kind of returns to her because they didn't really get a chance to talk more. And he's really worried about introducing Jasmine to his family and asks her what kind of what type of guy she's looking for. And he says, or, and she says, um, I thought this was really good. She's like, you know, I'm not looking for a type. I'm looking for a connection or somebody I see a future with. Like, there's not like one type that I'm looking for, uh, which I thought was a nice way to respond to that. Yeah. People always talk about what their type is. And I've never found a way to answer that question. And I feel like it's a stupid question. Yeah. Cause it's not like I, I, I have a type. Yeah. Uh, and, and this whole time, Benoit has kind of like a frog voice going on. Um, and I didn't really know. It reminded me of, you know, in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yes. When Pee-wee gets to be in the movie about his life, but he has to play the bellhop. Mr. Herman. Yeah. Paging Mr. Herman. They you have a telephone call at the front desk. They like dub over his voice yeah. w- with this like robotic that's what benoit sounds like it's kind of probably kind of dusty there probably got a little raspy yeah you mad at him i was distracted by it paging mr herman it's a really good impression by the way you have a telephone call at the front desk uh so after this date is over in which none of them swim <laughs> but two of the boys, I think Mike and Mikhail. Mike and Mikhail, they cut back to him and they're both sitting there in their swim trunks. Not wet. Yeah. Infuriating. Get those boys wet. And I was surprised, and I don't want to make too big a deal out of this because it's not like I was having unsavory thoughts. But Mikhail is a lot more. He's a thick boy. There's a lot, a lot more lot muscular yeah. than I realized. Thick, thick boy. Let's talk about something else because I don't. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with the energy now. <laughs> Uh, so after the date, they all get dressed for the evening. Uh, and this was no surprise to me, but Noah comes in and says there's no cocktail party, which like she spent a lot of time with these guys. She basically has done a cocktail party the entire episode. Like she doesn't need that party. So they're going straight to the rose ceremony. Um, I will point out a lot of people in the Facebook group have been talking about Mikkel's capris. You've seen a lot of capris this season, uh, which is unusual to see on a man. Okay. First of all, they can wear whatever they want. I know. Let them express themselves. I know. It's just unusual to see. Second of all, they were in Jamaica, and then they were in they were in Morocco. They need to expose their, their ankles. Does that really cool you off significantly? Yes. Are you kidding? Look, how am I wearing these? I'm wearing some MeUndies sleep pants. How do I got them right now? They're like rolled up to the knee. I got yeah. to do that. I thought that was for my benefit. So you can see these beautiful luscious calves. Yeah, of course I'm seducing you, but I'm also like trying to stay dry. They were they've been in, they've been in like very temperate or, or to tropical climates. Yeah, and they just need to they need to get those ankles they out. Need to get the ankles out. Okay. I you know you know more about fashion than I do, and I know more about men's calves. And their humidity regulation. Okay. Uh, so no surprise, Mikkel gets a rose. Uh, Kevin gets a rose. And then it's down to Mike or Benoit. Duh. And I was, I mean. No. 
Don't. There was a Don't chance. Don't cheat this. No, there wasn't. Okay, so Mike gets the rose, which means Benoit goes home. And um, Benoit says some really nice things. He's like, oh, you know, the three guys left are all beauties. They'll take good care of you. And you're, you're such a nice person. I feel so lucky. It was the week of graceful exits. Yes. Uh, and that was it. And the next episode, did we even watch the commercial for the next? We did. Oh, yeah. Because we said we got a little teaser of the fams. Um. Yeah. Uh, it appears like Kevin's family Kevin's is skeptical. Family doesn't seem to be as into it. Um, and then Mikel's family seems worried that maybe Jasmine isn't as into him. Um, I don't remember seeing anything of Mike's family though. Right. Anyway, that'll be next week. Uh, uh, and then I guess, I guess I, I forget what our estimate was last time we talked about this, but because we're going to hometowns with three and we'll be down to final two, we may have, and I don't know if they do a min tell all in They there. do. They remember do. because Bachelor Does it take the Canada- place as the regular episode? Remember, Bachelor at Canada contacted us to Are see... Are we sure that's what that was for? Yeah, they call it Men Tell All. What did they say? I guess I didn't see the message. They sent me the Twitter message asking if we had any questions for Men Tell All. Oh, okay. Which it's, makes me think that it's it very would be... Exci- very exciting. Thing. Bachelor at Canada, thank you for thinking of us. Mm-hmm. I'll be curious to see how that, how that works. So if that takes the place of a regular episode, we have three episodes left. Which may time out with our new human being quite well. I wonder how Bachelorette Canada handles fantasy suites. That will be interesting to say. Uh huh. They do them, right? When are they going to be in love? When are they going to tell each other they're in love? Hometowns? That happens sometimes. Maybe, but I mean, I mean it used to be. They better the norm. say they're in love before they, before they make love. Is that important to you? It's very important to me. Jesus. I didn't know you were so puritanical. Yeah, that's not true at all. What if they're just trying to make whoopee? <laughs> you ain't got to be in love to make whoopee, babe. <laughs> Noah hands them a card that's like, should you choose to forgo your individual rooms, you may join each other in the whoopee suite. <laughs> <laughs> it's peanut butter jelly time. Let's do this thing, he says, in person to them. He comes to the table. <laughs> this is the only corporeal interaction he has. It's peanut butter jelly time, he says. Over and over and over again. He does the whole song. <laughs> and that's when they know. Mikkel's like, I think it's time to bone. And she's like, yes, it is. Thank you, Noah, for the mood music. I would like to say hmm? that I am very excited that somebody that is not white is making it to hometowns. Yes, this is the first all. I mean, I mean, I don't think it's going to be any, any, any different from other hometowns. But it's, it is... It's, it's just nice to see. So, it's the furthest a person of color has ever gotten in a season that we've watched, right? Like, I can't think, unless we are forgetting something. I've only been watching since Ben Flajanic. Um, and so maybe there was something before that. But, like, it's just, it is it is so good. I don't know if it's happened on The Bachelor Canada before, but it has not happened. Or the, ba- okay, so we should also talk about a lot of people have sent us the two contestants from The Bachelor oh, Australia. Australia. Yeah. Uh, two women who are now in a relationship. And that is super duper cool. We did not, I have not watched it. We have not watched the season. And, but I think it's fucking amazing and so, so, so great. Um, yeah, it was two contestants went on the show, ended up forming a friendship that turned into a loving relationship. Which is really, really which cool. Which is super cool. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know. I'd, I'm kind of curious, like, because we've watched so much of this franchise now, I would kind of like to watch that relationship start up on the show and i don't know i don't know it why depends it, how early they got eliminated yeah that's a very very good point um but yeah that's a really cool thing a lot of people but a lot of people have like sent that to us looking for our heart hot take and it is literally just like that's really really sweet and great, we don't know anything like, about we it <laughs> don't know those people we've not watched this is the first international bachelor bachelorette product we have we have watched um so yeah thank you all for saying that and oh and a big thanks uh, we have a P.O. Box, P.O. Box 66639, Austin, Texas, 78766. Uh, I want to thank uh, Anne Sandoval, or Sandoval uh, for uh, sending us a copy of Now That's What I Call Music, Volume 3, with Smash Mouth, Lenny Kravitz, Blink-182, Enrique Iglesias, the whole squad. And then I also <laughs> I also want to thank Rissy Vreg, or Vrug, 
uh, for sending us just a copy of Now That's What I Call Music, <laughs> Volume 3. I know there is no way to coordinate it. It's a very, very sweet gift. I'm going to put one in my car, one in the home stereo, so I'm never, ever separated from the Rockefeller skank, from Tell Me It's Real, from Nookie, uh, from Out of My Head, uh, Leonard, my Leonardo, She Likes Me For Me. Hey, Leonardo is the name of that song. My apologies to Blessed Union. Anyway, thank you two very much. And thank you to everybody who sent stuff to the P.O. Box. We get a lot of stuff uh, and it, it's really touching. We've gotten so much stuff for our baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we really appreciate all of it. Uh, is that it? Uh, that is it. Oh, I also want to thank um, just the, the people that uh, through mysterious means are able to find um, versions of this show that we can watch mm. and share that with us. I don't know how they do it. I'm not going to call them out. I'm not going to call them out. I, I just want to thank it. them, and I do also just want to say, two ninety nine, <laughs> iTunes Store. I would, I would pay. I promise. Uh, is that it? That is it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a very spooky and safe Halloween. I don't know why I included that old PSA, <laughs> but I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert! She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right, Jesus. Right, Jesus. Oh, boy.